All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPlacido, and the Celtics fall to the Cavaliers once again, once again in overtime, uh, 114-113 tonight. Uh, This is another just tough loss. A lot of things that went wrong, a lot of things that went great. Uh, We're going to break down it all. Uh, Going to follow the podcast, same as usual, run through play of the game, run through some of the highs, some of the lows. And to get things started off here, uh, this player of the game is tough. Uh, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Go Al Horford tonight. Uh, this is a game, double-double for him, 12 points, 12 rebounds. Uh, this is a game where he had an impact pretty much right away. And you want to talk about you know Al Horford and how he's – really come out this entire season uh 80% of his shots and don't quote me on the exact number there but it's pretty damn close if not uh have come from three and this was not the case tonight he was one of four from three five of 11 overall uh so you look at the the rest of he was four of seven from shots that were not threes and something that he did two or three times tonight that we have not seen all season long really is Al Horford bodying someone. He got Jared Allen down on the block, bullied him in twice. Uh, and he looked real good doing it. Like I love, just like I love aggressive Tatum getting to the rim. I love Al Horford when he's playing strong, right? Obviously he's older right? He's well past the prime, well past the point where he's bodying people on a regular basis. However, he still has the ability to do it against some of these guys. Mobley, tall, skinny. Jared Allen, tall, skinny. Are they strong? Sure. Al Horford, even at 36 years old, can still body those guys. So I like when he actually gets physical and plays that brand of basketball. Because overall tonight, this was the best that we've seen Al Horford on the offensive end. Uh, I don't even think it's remotely close because a lot of his shots weren't strictly coming from three. So we actually saw some depth to his game that we haven't seen for the majority of the season. After that, it's really tough. You look at the stat sheet, right? And it looks like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, both had pretty good games. 26 points, 12 rebounds, six assists for Jason Tatum, uh, 30 points, eight rebounds, four assists, for Jalen Brown. Uh, they both played outrageously uh, an outrageous amount of minutes, 45 minutes for Jalen, 43 for Jason Tatum. Again, granted goes into overtime, obviously tough to keep minutes down in a situation like that. Uh, but I don't really think that they played stellar games. Like I watched the game with my brother today and he said it as well. Like this is a game through three quarters. Jason Tatum looked bad. Like he had 16 points at the end of the third quarter, 16, 10 rebounds, six assists after the third. And you did not, it did not look like he was having a good game. Like this is another one of those circumstances where, you know, you blink, Jason Tatum has 20 plus points. Like, I don't think this was a, a great game by Jason Tatum. And if you look at the percentages, like the numbers back that up, he was eight of 21 from the field two of nine from three, like those aren't good numbers. 
right? He also turned the ball over six times. So it's hard to, you know, say that he had a great game. And we'll talk about some of the areas that, you know, were concerning in the second half. Uh, but overall, I mean, outside of that, I think, you know, Malcolm Brogdon in the minutes that he played, played 24 minutes tonight, which I think is far too little for what he was providing. Uh, but Malcolm Brogdon, 15 points, four rebounds, three assists. At the end of the third quarter, he had 11, four, and two. And they didn't really go to him at all in overtime. And they went to him very rarely in the fourth quarter. Malcolm Brogdon brought the Celtics team back and was playing arguably the best basketball of anyone on the team during a certain, a couple stretches of this game. And this isn't the first time that this has happened. However, Missoula has made it very clear. The closing lineup is Marcus Smart. It is not Malcolm Brogdon, despite who's playing better that game. And that part's extremely frustrating to me. Uh, you look at today's game. This was not a good Marcus Smart game for the most part. You know, fourth quarter overtime, I thought he was fine. I thought he was actually great the last four or five minutes of regulation. I thought he played a fantastic couple of minutes. Took two charges, had a steal, had five points, including an N one, like in a matter of two, three minutes. Like that is peak Marcus Smart. He had one play where Jared Allen thought he had a mismatch. Marcus Smart stripped him. Marcus Smart looks to the crowd. No mismatch, no mismatch, no mismatch. And he's waving his hand saying that over and over. And I love, I love that brand of basketball from Marcus Smart. However, there were a couple of boneheaded plays from him as well that we'll talk about in the second half as well. Uh, but this is a tough one because you look and like Al Horford, I thought had a good game. Outside of that though, there were guys that contributed uh, in certain areas, but weren't super consistent elsewhere. You know, Jalen Brown was fine, but again, the shooting percentages similar to Tatum were not good. Like 10 of 26 is not good. Three of 10, not good from three. You know, the one, the only other guy that like I will give credit to is Grant Williams. Like I thought he played really solid minutes, 11 points, seven rebounds, three of seven from the field, two of six from three. And this is a game where, you know, he is continuing to put the ball on the floor and make the right plays. He's finding the right guys. He's like moving the ball, but he's being efficient. Like he's an efficient scorer now. And they put up a, a stat earlier that he's leading the NBA in three point percentage. That might, might be gone after today because he was two of six. Uh, so the shooting went down slightly. Uh, but overall, like he is at the top of the league in three-point percentage. And not only is he shooting the ball well from deep, he's putting the ball on the floor, getting to the rim, and he's defending at a high level. You know, Grant Williams took a gamble, bet on himself, didn't take the extension that Brad offered him. And I know it's early. We're, you know, seven games into the season, but it looks like that was a gamble well worth it. For Grant Williams, because there are articles coming out now saying that teams are going to offer 17, 18 million dollars 
I do not think that that was the number that Brad was offering uh, on his extension earlier. So good for Grant because I think he deserves this. Like he's playing at a, a really, really high level. Um, but listen, I, as far as, as far as some positives go, I want to talk about some of the stretches of basketball that we saw. Uh, and again, it's, it's stretches. It's not a, it's not a game wide thing. It's stretches. You want to talk about defense and the Celtics putting together an incredible quarter. We outscored the Cavs 29, 15 in that second quarter, 29, 15. And if you look at the, the halftime stats, we out rebounded the Cavs 33 to 22 in the first half. This is a Cavs team that smoked us last game in the rebounding category. And this is, you know, the Celtics coming out. Jason Tatum got after it early. Jalen Brown got after it early. Al Horford got after it early. So they had a really good strategy and kind of held the rebounding at bay, right? You look at the, the first half also, we assisted on 15 of our 18 field goals made. 15 of 18. The final stats for the, the end of the game, we assisted on 26 of 38. So it went from, you know, three makes that weren't assisted at the end of the half to then 12. So a, an additional nine in the second half slash overtime. There's a huge discrepancy, right? And a lot of it comes down to, you know, Jalen got hot. So like, you'll obviously you're going to take some of the ISO game there. Uh, Jason Tatum got hot in certain, certain circumstances as well. So obviously when those guys are cooking, you know, that there's going to be a slight disconnect on the assists, but they just were not moving the ball the same way. And a lot of that has to do with Malcolm Brogdon being taken out of the game as well. I'll give him credit on that because there were a couple of uh, drives for Malcolm Brogdon where he's finding guys, uh, for easy, easy buckets, right? So it's just a, it's a tough situation where you're coming in, playing the game the right way in the first half, specifically the second quarter. Obviously the first half offensively was great. Defensively, first quarter was a nightmare. First, second quarter was fantastic, right? So the Celtics are showing that the defense is possible, right? Like we have the personnel to do it but they're not doing it at a consistent level yet. And that's the part that's very frustrating in today's game. One more thing to note that I think the Celtics did really well uh, with was free throws. We were aggressive, got to the lane, got to the rim a lot. You want to talk about Jason Tatum throwing down on Jared Allen probably should have been a foul. And if it was a foul, we would have won the game. And I'm excited to see the two-minute report because I'm not going to be shocked if they come back and say that that should have been a foul. And instead of being five and two, we're now four and three. It sounds significantly different. Uh, and it sucks. But, like, that's, again, it's the way it is. You're never going to get a perfect call. Uh, and, unfortunately, we're just kind of stuck in a situation where I'm not going to say we lost because of the refs, because that's really not the case. You know, people want to complain about the refs, blame it on the refs all they want. They tend to do that more than blaming the actual team. I don't buy that. I don't buy it. 
the Celtics had plenty of other opportunities to win this game, but they didn't. Uh, so it's frustrating, but I'm going to, I want to talk about some of the, the negatives here because I think there were a lot of those, uh, before we dive into the negatives though, I want to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Hopewell Hemp Farms. Hopewell Hemp Farms is your only source for the highest quality American-grown hemp products. If you're like me and love to be active, whether that's playing in an adult softball or basketball league, or your level of activity is limited to yard work, one thing is for certain. As you get older, joints start to hurt. Well, I turn to Hopewell Hemp Farms Body Butter to relax those joints and their amazing tinctures to help me fall asleep. Check them out at HopewellHempFarms.com today and stock your nightstand the only way I know how. Looking for an agent to help you buy or sell real estate? George Dimas at PD Properties is the agent for you. Sell now for a flat 3% commission on the sales price. PD Properties utilizes the most current marketing techniques and strive to put more money in your pocket. If you're looking to buy, call now and George will be with you every step of the way until you find a property you're able to call home. Serving the North Shore and beyond, call George Dimas with PD Properties today at 781-913-2290. That's 781-913-2290. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, so tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Whether it's betting on the Celtics versus Warriors, that NBA Finals rematch, DraftKings is your place to go. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so... I want to dive into some of the negatives here, and these are these are glaringly obvious. If you look at the box score, if you watch the game, uh, the biggest downfall of today's game were three point shooting, as well as turnovers. Right, rebounding wasn't as big of an issue as we thought it would be uh, after our game against them last Friday, uh, but the three point shooting tonight was absolutely horrible. Uh, Eleven of forty one, twenty six point eight percent. There was a point in this game where the Celtics were shooting 55% of their shots from three. Now, it shifted in the end of the fourth quarter in overtime, uh, which I'm happy about. But you cannot shoot 41 threes at a 27% clip and expect to win basketball games. You'll never, you'll never win those basketball games shooting like that. So it needs to be adjusted. These guys, I, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but you're putting, you know, Sam Hauser out there 10 minutes. You know, he got absolutely bullied in probably four minutes of playing time in that third quarter. I think he picked up three fouls. And he missed his one three. Like the guy is getting 10 minutes 
because he's a three point threat. And the only thing that happened when he was out there was he got in a bunch of foul trouble and he missed his three. Can't do it. Right. You look at the rest of the team though. They were just, they were three happy all the way around two of nine from Tatum, one of four from Horford, one of five for Marcus smart. Don't like seeing that Derek white, one of three, not terrible. Jalen Brown, three of 10, right? Like these are not good numbers, not good numbers. They're like there were three people that shot and hit more than more than one. Tatum, Jalen, Grant. But the percentages throughout the team, nobody shot a good percentage. Like Grant Williams, Derek White shot the best percentage at 33%. Actually, Malcolm Brogdon shot 33% as well, which is above average, I guess. I don't know if that's a if that's even a good stat to throw out there. But this is the Celtics playing at the worst. Like the part Joe Mazzula got interviewed after last game. And this might be my least favorite interview. I've given Joe Mazzula a lot of credit. I think that you know he's handled himself in the media pretty well. Right. I like that he's not dragging people through the mud. He's taking credit uh, for a lot of the things that are going on this season. I like that part very much like Brad. Right. However, a couple things, a couple things that drive me nuts about Joe Mazzulla. And the first thing, which I was just alluding to, is he was interviewed and he said he likes math. He doesn't mind that they're shooting all these threes. It drives me nuts. Like it is very clear to anyone that's watching this game that the Celtics play significantly better brand of basketball when they're aggressive and they're driving to the basket. That's when they play their best, right? I don't know. I don't care about stats. Maybe maybe that's why I'm not an NBA coach. Probably not the only reason. However, like there needs to be something said about that. Like, can I, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand how someone that has been around this team for a while now, right? It's not like, I, I understand he's an interim coach, but he's been coaching this team for a couple of years now, like years, right? You should know that this Celtics team is better when they're driving in and creating shots, creating opportunities. That's not the case when they're shooting three after three after three. Now, I understand we have the personnel that on most nights can shoot the three at a high clip. We've seen it, right? We've seen the Celtics go out there and all these threes that they're taking, they're hitting. And then they blow teams out. I love that part, right? You love to see that part. But they're on the flip side, if you're continuing that gameplay and they don't fall, you have games like this where you have a really high high in that second quarter where you destroy the Cavs, everything's working, and then you have periods like the first quarter where you fall flat on your face. And you can't fix that unless you change the style of play. Like we saw Jalen Brown for the majority of last year live at the mid-range crush the mid-range shoot like 60 percent from the mid-range statistically 
or analytically, that's not a good shot. I don't give a shit. If it's working, use it. These are the shots that these guys are very good at. Take advantage of it. To me, it just doesn't make sense. I'm not understanding you know, the game plan in that part. So that's one gripe that I have with Joe Missoula. The other gripe is timeouts. Like he didn't call a single timeout until like late in the second. And you want to talk about like the Cavs getting on an absolute high. In that third quarter, the Celtics went on a big run, took a big lead. And I, and I mean like big lead. We were up, I think, 12 points. 11, we were up, yeah, we were up 12 points in that third quarter. Cavaliers make a run, take a lead. The entire stadium is losing their mind, going nuts. Everyone's standing up, cheering, and two possessions go by where I'm like, okay, Joe, call a timeout. Okay, Joe, call a timeout. Now, granted, we missed a shot. The Cavs went down. They also missed a shot. We go back down. We miss another shot. The Cavs go down, also miss another shot. So it didn't actually hurt us in this circumstance as far as you know the Cavs scoring, but it did the Celtics no good, right? So these are the circumstances where you should just call a timeout. Like, what are we doing? Why are we allowing teams to go on these massive runs? I think that Joe Missoula has done a great job so far this season. Like, as far as, like, all of the distractions that are out there, sure. I totally get it. Like, it makes sense that this team is going through, you know, a learning curve, right? I understand that the defense is not going to be what it was last year. We obviously don't have Rob. It's a new coach. It's new philosophies. Like, I get that part. I think that they'll fix it. I know that it's going to be better when Rob is there because obviously he's a great defensive player. But the fact of the matter is, like, we still need to win games before Rob gets back. We can't do this whole four and three thing. Last year, how maddening was it when the Celtics were under 500 in January? It was disgusting. Everyone on the Facebook page losing their mind. Rightfully so. I get it. A lot of talent on this team. There's no reason that they should be under 500 or even at 500, right? So I get it. I get it. I think Joe Mazzulla has held himself in a very respectful manner. I think everything he, everything else he is saying is exactly right. But there still needs to be some accountability on that end. He needs to be better about calling timeouts and he needs to try and get their mindset off of threes, threes, threes. That's it. Like that's the, the big difference in today's game. Like we had the other outside of three point shooting was the turnover piece, right? Like we had 14 turnovers tonight, 15 points off of those turnovers. Like these are things that are continuously hurting the Celtics. Over and over, right? I mean, you look at the season as a whole, it's been turnovers, it's been defense, and it's been rebounding. Tonight, I'll give the Celtics credit. We out-rebounded the Cavs, 52-51. to Not a huge margin, but it's a victory. I'll take that 
every day of the week. But that doesn't mean that you get to be sloppy in the other areas. Like having your arguably, you know, 1A, 1B player, Jason Tatum. I don't think anyone's ever called him a 1B player. But having your A-plus guy, your all-star, MVP candidate, he can't go out and turn the ball over six times. You're not going to win ball games like that. You need him to be better. You need Jalen Brown to be better. Jalen Brown only turned the ball over three times. In the grand scheme of things, not terrible. Uh, but again, these are your all-stars, right? You need these guys to play at a higher level. And that's it, right? There's no other, there's no other way to go about this season. Every single year, we say the same thing. The Celtics will only go as far as the two Jays take us. And right now, we need them to step up on the defensive end and bring this team together. Marcus Smart played well defensively tonight. This wasn't a game where we had any like crazy 40-point performances. Darius Garland had a good game, 29 points, 9 of 20. I'll take that. Donovan Mitchell, I thought, had an unbelievable fourth quarter, but even his numbers, like 25 points, 11 of 27. Like these are, these are numbers that you'll take three of nine from three, five of 11 from, well, five of 11 from three for Garland is pretty crazy. But you know, you look at the shooting stats, those are respectable numbers. It's not like you got torched by those guys. So Something needs to shift and it needs to start with the Jays because it's not just a team that relies on Marcus Smart and Rob Williams, right? Those are obviously the two like best defenders that the Celtics have, but it can't end there. It needs to extend everywhere. We saw a couple really good defensive plays by Derek White. We saw a couple really good defensive plays by Malcolm Brogdon. Jason Tatum obviously had that huge block towards the end but it needs to be consistent. And that's the issue that the Celtics keep running into. Uh, but that's where we're going to wrap things up. There's only so many times you can talk about the exact same thing. I think they call that insanity, uh, complaining about the same thing over and over and expecting a change. Uh, so that's where we're just going to wrap things up. If you haven't done so already, guys, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics guy. Make sure to follow our Facebook page, Boston Celtics Till I Die, our YouTube page, uh, Boston Celtics Game Day Recap, and continue to you know subscribe to all of these platforms. Continue to, to like and review, five-star written review. Every time you do that, it pushes me up in the rankings. More people get to see it. Uh, so absolutely love you guys. Have a great night, Celtics fans. We will talk soon. Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it, green and white, white and green, who are we the Celtics, who are we the Celtics?